the movie hurts from not having a Leah Delaria counterpoint. Yeah. Because Simon... Like a butch lesbian or something. Yeah. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, there weren't any butch lesbians, so the movie lost two stars for me. Yeah. Hi! Welcome to Cinema Very Gay, the podcast where we talk about the full spectrum of LGBTQ movies. The good, the bad, the offensive, the... Do you like your Eurythmics? I love your Eurythmics. We both like your Eurythmics? That's great. I'm your host, Jake, here with my co-host, Kevin, and today we're going to be talking about Love, Simon and Edge of Seventeen. Hello, this is Kevin. This is Jake. Welcome to Cinema Very Gay. Yeah, we've got a, a fun episode this week. Yes, we do. Um, I think... I, I, I said this before we recorded. Uh, I, I don't hate Love, Simon. I just love hating on it. Right. I took the assignment of writing something for you okay. as you hated Love, Simon. <laughs> because until... Recently, I thought you genuinely, like, actively disliked it. I'm not super mad at it. Okay. I mean, we'll get to but, it. Well, I'm, I'm, excited to, I'm excited to read this. But like you said, we're talking about Edge of Seventeen and Love, Simon. Yes. I've just written you something about Love, Simon to read. Okay. So if you can give us a little intro, please. Let's go, let's go, let's go. Okay. Love, Simon. <laughs> oh. A quintessential gay coming-of-age film that is truly universal for everyone mm. and one of my absolute favorite gay films is love simon mm. from 2018 which i'd forgotten this movie came out then but then they started making like trump jokes during the movie and yeah. i was like oh i thought this movie yeah. was like 12 years old and like just happened yeah um directed by that guy who wrote political animals or maybe it was arrow the stirring tale of love and friendship follows a charismatic the charismatic and lovable simon spear as he is forced out of the closet by some douchebag theater dork. Your heart can't help but ache for Simon and his family and friends who are all deeply, personally traumatized by these events. With the most talented group of young actors ever assembled leading the way, mm -hmm. Love, Simon is a bold tale mm -hmm. for the ages. Yes. That was beautiful. Thank you. <laughs> and I meant some of those words. Yeah. It is a movie. It is a film. And it came out in 2018. And it is gay. Yes. The reason we're talking, so we're talking about Love, Simon and this movie, Edge of Seventeen, which is not the Haley Steinfeld movie from, that's The Edge of Seventeen. I think so. And that came out probably around the same time. I think time the same year. Did. Yeah. Uh, I actually also like, a good movie. Yeah. You I should like go watch movie. it. But Edge of Seventeen is this movie that came out in 1996 and um, it takes place in the 80s. Mm -hmm. I think it must take place in 1983, 1984, because that your Eurythmics album is everywhere that came out in right. 1983. Right. Um, I mean, and it, the whole soundtrack to this yeah. movie is, and is great. Dave Stewart hates this movie. Like, he spent the entire time he was in Eurythmics being like, hey, I'm in the band too. It's not just any Annie Lennox. Um, mm -hmm. I actually do a lot of stuff. Mm -hmm. I'm, in, I'm in the music videos. <laughs> And this whole movie is just like, oh, yeah, I love Annie Lennox. Yeah. <laughs> this was 98. Oh, 98. Okay. 
And it is the story of this kid, Eric, um, who it's basically like a coming of age, coming out story. Mm -hmm. Um, It has some interesting parallels to Love, Simon, but it's also got some good um, comparison points that will be interesting to talk about. But I think we're initially just going to kind of talk about this movie and why we like it, because we both like it a lot. Yeah, very much. I think originally when we were talking about episodes we wanted to do, we said like Love, Simon is one of the like more well-known mm-hmm. gay films that's come out recently and it is the it, it has the distinction of being the first major studio release right. about a gay teenage romance so that's a lot of words <laughs> but it's it is that that's a thing yeah um but that it's really hard to talk about love simon and not think about another coming of age mm-hmm. teen romance that probably a much better movie in almost every way yeah every way possible Um, this will definitely come up like in the future on future episodes this like indie to mainstream pipeline mm -hmm. like another example of this would be longtime companion like the longtime companion to philadelphia pipeline it's like philadelphia was so groundbreaking for a mainstream movie but then like just a couple years before there was this really really good Mm -hmm. movie that was just way better Mm -hmm. (laughs) but it was like Mm -hmm. an indie movie Mm -hmm. that dealt with the AIDS crisis um and Phil, if you've seen Longtime Companion and then you watch Philadelphia you're like okay Philadelphia is a little it's a little bullshit (laughs) I mean it was kind of I didn't really like it anyway not having seen Longtime Companion yeah he brought AIDS to the company picnic right right but (laughs) Denzel is a hero. Yeah. No, but there were, there were 20 years in between these two movies. Mm-hmm. And there were a lot of gay movies in between them. Yeah. It's just interesting. It was interesting to rewatch Edge of 17 again and be like, this was made in 98, set in the 80s, and still feels a bit more realistic and a bit more personal than and Love, Simon did. modern in a lot of ways. I, yeah, that is true. Do you want to get into it? Yeah. Some things you liked about it? Yeah, so... Um... So the movie was directed by this guy, David Morton, who mm-hmm. he, he originally signed on as the co-producer of the movie. And um, I didn't find out if he was gay or straight, but the writer was is gay. Mm-hmm. And he the movie is sort of an autobiographical movie. And he was actually, Todd Stevens, the yep. writer, was originally going to direct also. But oh, interesting. Um, I read this interview that he decided it was a little too personal and that he couldn't bring any objectivity to it and so he ended up just giving the movie to dave morton huh. to direct which that was, that was interesting. that's really interesting yeah. apparently they were like filming it's like autobiographical they were filming in his hometown i can see where that might be a little much <laughs> there's a lot of yeah. this would be unearthing a lot of trauma mm-hmm. i think he also then went on to do um another gay movie and another gay sequel i've that. never seen those yeah he also did Swan Song that we we watched. I didn't watch Swan Song. Oh, I watched Swan Song. Oh, okay. The Udo. Oh, the Udo Kier movie. You still don't watch that, but I do want to see that. Yeah, yeah. He wrote those two. Oh, okay, cool. So yeah, he's he's made a lot of game movies. Mm-hmm. Um, and so Eric is kind of based on him. And Eric, he has a best friend named Maggie, mm-hmm. and they go to work at a um. It's basically Cedar Point. I think it is actually Cedar Point in Ohio, but sure. it's called something else. Yeah. And uh, Eric's in the closet, but he meets this college kid, 
and they strike up a relationship but that's only like yeah. the beginning of the movie and so this movie basically gets through the plot of love simon in like 20 30 minutes yep. and then it becomes more of like a it the a, a reason that i like this movie i think you said this too is that it has a lot of like highs and lows yeah and it feels more true to life because of that um like there's a lot of really happy moments but there's also a lot of heartbreak and even mm-hmm. and it ends on kind of like a melancholy note <laughs> yeah not like a low note but certainly something that felt very hearing you say this was autobiographical like very personal and like very mm-hmm. real to what coming out felt like yeah it's a lot and it's it's very messy it is and i think what makes it more interesting is that it sort of spends time with the like instead of just leading up to the first kiss or like that first experience as like the pinnacle of coming out it's mm-hmm. like actually dealing with sexuality and like he's learning what it like quote how to be a gay man and like meeting gay people and like being in queer spaces and mm-hmm. um like deals with a lot of that more than just like yeah i'm i'm gay and everything's hard yeah it, it and so one of the characters in this movie is you know we're both we're both big Leah Delaria stands yes. and she's in this movie she's back and um, she's really good in this movie she is sort of um, I also really like intergenerational gay stories so that's a big that was a big plus for me in this mm-hmm. movie yeah and she has this really great speech towards the end of the movie about how it takes a while even after you come out to accept yourself like mm-hmm. it's not like you come out and you're ex- like because everyone. A lot of people end up accepting Eric, not everyone, but mm-hmm. he finds acceptance, but it still doesn't totally translate to him into fully accepting himself. Yeah. And and the movie just ends with with um, Angie, is that her name? Yeah, yeah Angie. Uh, with Angie being like, yeah, that's that's just going to take time. This isn't going to wrap up by the end of the movie. She's like, I, you thought it would get easier? Yeah. Just laughs at him. Yeah, so uh, do you want to talk a little bit about... Uh, I, I think the way the um, relationship with uh, Rod, Rod, I forgot that. I had seen this movie before. I forgot his name was Rod. But Rod's the guy he meets at the, um, when they're working at the yep. theme park, which uh, another thing to note about this movie uh, is that it's like a very like working class movie, mm-hmm. um, which is interesting, especially um, compared to Love, Simon, which we'll talk about in a bit. Yeah. Uh, but Rod's this college student and the movie does such a good job of um, just visually and emotionally representing that like first crush. Mm-hmm. It's really good. Yeah. There's there's all of the the glances and the like awkward positioning and when he's trying to like sneak sneak little looks at him or check mm-hmm. him out. But it happens really quickly too, which I had forgotten that yeah. they sort of. I mean, Rod is out, so Rod tells Eric that he is mm-hmm. gay, or that he had a boyfriend, I think is how he tells him. Mm-hmm. Um, and you can see Eric really latching onto that fast. Mm-hmm. And like you said, it doesn't take very long for them to have their first encounter in the freezer, which I thought was really cute. Yeah. It was really cute. And then the, I think the the most, like the best shot in the movie, basically, is they all get drunk uh, after they all finish their summer job because it's just mm-hmm. a summer job and they're in this cabin and so 
Eric's best friend, Maggie, has a crush on Eric. Mm-hmm. And Eric leads her on, and it's very painful to watch. Yeah. And so it's Eric, Rod, and Maggie on a couch. And Eric and Maggie are making out, but Rod sticks his hand on Eric's crotch. Yeah, right to the shorts. Yeah, it was like, oh, that's so good. I love that shot. That was hot. I wrote hot. Rod (laughs) digging into Eric's shorts. Yeah. And then they really... the. The hookup scene's pretty, I mean, it stops before short of them actually having sex, but yeah. they like do get naked mm-hmm. and it's pretty, it's fairly explicit. Yeah. I, I like that um, the uh, actor who's playing Eric mm-hmm. played it really well, that he's like very turned on, but you can still sense that he's really nervous. So mm-hmm. there's sort of that sweetness. And then Rod with his more experience. Yeah, he's like movie, guiding him a little bit and directing him how to have that encounter. I know, and the movie makes you really like Rod. Yeah, because like smart. especially the the thing that made me really like him especially was there's a when they're about to have sex for the first time, Eric is about to go down on him. Yeah, just because I think Eric thinks that it's like weird for two guys to kiss and he's afraid to be too intimate and mm-hmm. all this stuff. And then Rod's like, no, yeah, and like, where are kiss, you going? And he kisses yeah. him. And I thought that was a great detail, and it makes you think that Rod is this, like, really nice, caring guy. Mm-hmm. He, and then that's kind of it. <laughs> yeah. Then Rod goes back to college, yeah. and Eric's left on his own, and kind of don't hear from Rod for a while. Yeah, and it kind of just turns out that Rod is, he was it's just he kind is. of good at seducing um, Eric, which is kind of mm-hmm. devastating. It's devastating from Eric's point of view, but then you're also like, yeah, Rod was just home for the summer and it was just a fling to him. But you like felt like Rod. Yeah. Was oh, it hurt. A, a really, he felt like he was a nice person. You felt like they were going to be together. And yeah. it turns out he's just a college student who like is good at hooking up with guys. Yeah. And he doesn't really care. Like Eric is just another guy to him. Yeah. It's, it's devastating. It is. I mean, I won't disagree with that. Yeah. But then when Rod's away, now Eric is left and he's starting his senior year of high school now. Mm-hmm. Um, and he and Maggie are together. Yeah, Ma- it's, like a, it's like a half together. Like they make out sometimes. Yeah, she's always over at their house because mm-hmm. uh, Eric's parents know her and like expect her. But they, he's, Eric starts like, you can tell he's like trying to explore his queerness. Mm-hmm. In like subtle ways, mm-hmm. it was always music, kind of like trend alert. If you're into music as a teenager, mm-hmm. you're probably gay. Probably, um, but he like starts dressing up more, and he gets those haircuts that are increasingly, I guess, gay. I don't know. They're just like glam rock haircuts mm-hmm. from the '80s, or like punk haircuts. And then he like dyes his hair, and then that's too much for mom. Yeah, she didn't like that. And then he starts wearing makeup. Like, but Maggie puts the makeup on him, which I thought was interesting. Yeah. And then he starts going to a local gay bar and mm-hmm. he meets up with um, Angie. So Angie yeah. was their, their boss yep. over the summer. But then he meets up, uh, he goes to this gay bar and he meets Angie there. They didn't plan on it, but he just runs into her. And he meets like, you know, some trans people, some mm-hmm. drag some queens, drag queens. some gay guys. Mm-hmm. And they just kind just of flirt a little. take him under their wing. Yeah. It's, it's cute. Yeah, it is. I, I thought that was that was really sweet. It's like, oh, this is what I wish. Like you talking about an intergenerational like friendship. Like mm-hmm. 
this is like the mentor that I wish I had had because mm-hmm. Angie is so loving to him, like a like a big sister, mm-hmm. and she gets mad at her friends for like giving him a hard time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then there's a lot of just adults hitting on him, mm-hmm. and then he even recognizes that he's jailbait at one point. Yeah, and he's like, okay, there's a little. This is a little. But that, that turns kind of into a sad moment too, where he realizes that he's kind of being exploited and that he wants more of like an emotional connection with people. And that's when he reaches out to Rod again. And then it's just more sadness. <laughs> this was hard. Yeah. Um, did you like Eric? Yeah. I thought Eric was a, I yeah. thought he was a good character. Yeah. Especially, I, I just really appreciated the way the movie makes him so curious about his own sexuality and how mm-hmm. much that becomes a part of the movie because you think the movie seems like it's going to be sort of a love story between mm-hmm. two guys but it ends up being more about one character learning about his sexuality and part yeah. of that is that you're going to have a lot of different relationships which yeah. is again that feels more true to life yeah i yeah i agree i thought i thought he was very relatable there were a lot of those experiences like that just hit really close to home. Like, yeah. A, he, he's in the Midwest. He's like a little closeted mm-hmm. boy with a, a girlfriend who's actually his just a best friend, but he oh, wants it to be more. so bad for Maggie. Yeah. It was hard. Maggie is a really good character, mm-hmm. much better than her counterpart in Love, Simon. Yeah. And get to, so but. eventually, Eric does come out to Maggie. Mm-hmm. And... It's so, like, she's, you can tell, this actress is, does a really good job. Yeah, she's good. You, you can tell she's devastated, but very aware that she needs to be supportive. Mm-hmm. I've been trying to decide if I was going to tell you that this was just a phase, or to tell you the truth. I need you so bad. No. Eric, you're my best friend. But then Eric sort of pushes the limits of what he can do with that. Mm -hmm. And by the end of the movie, their relationship is kind of fractured. It doesn't really... They're not really friends. No. And then it's hard because I think there is this thing about like coming out and I'm, I'm thinking of what Love, Simon does, which is like Simon is lying to people. Mm hmm. And then he comes out and then he is like called out for being a liar. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I, yeah, there's this thing about him coming out and friends sort of reckoning with the fact that he had held a secret from them or like he had withheld information from them. Mm -hmm. I think what Love, Simon does, we'll talk about this, is like he lies about other things, but also people take it really personally about his coming out. Mm-hmm. Like it's it's impacting them, whereas Edge of Seventeen, I think she Maggie really tries to like be invested in him mm-hmm. and like maintain the relationship yeah. in a way that felt realistic and more honest. Yeah. But then yeah, she goes to meet him at that gay bar and he sort of abandons her or and like then, doesn't recognize yeah. her and it's really hurtful and then they sleep together and the next morning <laughs> so hard that's another thing that i find very compelling about this movie because like eric is not he is at fault sometimes mm-hmm. like he i mean obviously i empathize with him so much because mm-hmm. it's very messy but he 
he like makes some not great decisions and like the morning after they sleep together he just like wakes up crying and turns to maggie and he's like i'm sorry <laughs> and yeah, like I, I just i like i don't begrudge like it's really sad but like it's hard to begrudge maggie being like i can't be around this anymore yeah i agree i honestly this hit really close to home too because i was sort of mirroring my yeah i've, I've had experience out. like this too it was like, like i had it was in college but like had a college girlfriend came out to people mm-hmm. ended up getting back together with her mm-hmm. and then i there was a moment where it was like oh we just slept together but i woke up and it's like now i'm really sad like yeah this is crushing so a lot of this did feel like yeah reliving some old things that weren't great but yeah it's it's real and it, it portrayed it realistically mm-hmm. and so it, the the movie ends relationship with maggie mm-hmm. pretty much broken mm-hmm. the last thing his mom says to him because he comes out to his mom is his mom sa- says i don't know how to handle this mm-hmm. he says i i love you i'm still the same yeah and she doesn't say it back it's like oh and so but then the trajectory for the last like 15 minutes of the movie is he's trying to like go back into the closet Mm-hmm. and that's why he sleeps with maggie but then the movie ends with him going back to the bar which he hasn't been to for a while mm-hmm. and uh he sees his friends and yep. leia delaria sings a torch song in his honor and it's just like you know mm-hmm. it's it's a very melancholy ending but you know that he ha- and he meets up with a guy who he had met earlier in the movie who seems who seems nice but like the movie's not yeah. suggesting that like he's going to be the one um, but he has like a safe space and yeah. a found family. He's, just cho- he's chosen his family. Yeah, I think that felt that felt nice. Mm-hmm. That that is very real. That you will find comfort and family, and a lot of queer people mm-hmm. find that in other queer people because they don't have it from their friends and family. Yeah, because of experiences like this. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it was it was very touching. Yeah. I'm still thinking about like a lot of these things were things that I personally experienced. Was like this was a lot of I think anyone my I think, coming out yeah. saga. I think any I think any person who's attracted to same sex people is going to find things in this movie mm-hmm. that they can relate to. I think mm-hmm. there because I, I think a great thing about this movie is that it pretty seamlessly touches on a very wide range of experiences that range from like you know sexy to Mm -hmm. joyful to sad to melancholy to just all this stuff and um i think it's i I think there's always something people are going to be able to pick out Mm -hmm. that it resonates with people and it does it in a very realistic way yeah and even his yeah you're saying his sexual experiences that he has with men like the first one with Rod is really romantic and feels really intimate. As Straight like first, people would probably find. I mean, that's just how re- early relationships work. It's yeah. like you think they're going to be forever, and they just—they're not. It felt like a teen, like teen love. Yeah. But then, like his next experiences with the guy that he picks up at the bar, mm-hmm. when he like gets rimmed in the car mm-hmm. and just feels like transactional yeah it's like he wanted something else mm-hmm. he wasn't into it yeah. and then he goes to find rod it's his first time having sex and that was hard yeah i think 
the, the fa- is there's like that fanfic word like dubcon <laughs> it was a little dub funny like it, it, eric was clearly uncomfortable and rod clearly did not care that much i'm no. also not convinced so eric says what about a rubber and rod goes off camera to uh-huh. put on a condom but i'm using air quotes yeah. i'm not totally convinced he put on a condom and eric was also very drunk so yeah he couldn't really consent to what was happening yeah it was uncomfortable that's bad that was bad i was like is there but also to be fair is there ever a first time when it is like romantic and everything goes perfectly and it is the exact experience you wanted actually that you know you know what that's a good segue into love Simon. Oh, no. <laughs> so let's take a break and then we can talk about how actually it is perfect the first time oh, you're right everything's everything's perfect yeah Love, Simon. Yeah. Okay, can I just get my spiel out? All right. About, okay. Yeah. Because, again, I don't hate this movie. I think I, I did not like it that much the first time I saw it. Mm-hmm. And I think if, for one thing, I think if this movie came out in, like, a pre-streaming era, I might hate it more. Because it's like, this would probably be the most available yes. teen movie. Yeah. Um, But, like... You don't have to watch this. It's you can. It's pretty innocuous. Yeah, like Edge of Seventeen. It's streaming on Netflix right now. Mm -hmm. Like you can just watch that instead. It's not like you only have. It's not like you have to go to Blockbuster and the only movie they have for gay people is Love Simon. So I'm not mad at it in that respect. I I think a lot of the detractors of it immediately or like for the last the first couple years, like no, it's not a perfect movie, but people were also treating it like it was the only gay movie that you could watch ever mm-hmm. like you said it was the first what did you say it was the first it's the first major studio, studio release, release gay, gay teen, teen romance romance <laughs> great um but it's not like it's the only gay teen romance that has ever been made and people just sort of took it as no. like and we could also list off other movies besides edge of 17 that came out before love simon it's just they weren't major studio releases yeah but at the same time, it is a sort of a fair criticism because the opening line of this movie is, I'm just like you. Yeah, which is just designed, it's like, it's designed oof. to make anyone who's ever, like, taken a queer theory class just uh-huh. cringe. Oh, it's, it's so painful. But, like, it is, an, yeah. another reason I don't hate this movie <laughs> is... Because I like I, I wouldn't say I like it. I probably never would have watched this movie again if not for this podcast. Mm-hmm. But like I don't think it's bad that there's a movie about a boring gay teen. And especially I was a boring gay teen. I was not Eric. I was not Eric from Edge of Seventeen. I yeah. was I was Simon. <laughs> I wasn't even as interesting as Simon. I don't think. Yeah. So, but at the same time, do I want to see a movie about me as a teenager? No. It would be very boring. But you probably didn't have charismatic, hilarious teachers like Simon had. Oh, Tony Hill. Cracking jokes Tony Hill in this right. movie has some boundary issues. I actually did not like Tony Hill's character. We'll get to my list of, of <laughs> eek versus cute. Okay. And Tony Hale is firmly in the eek, in the eek category okay. portion of this. Especially his last scene. Um, but... Uh, and then... I'll, Te- I'll talk- teachers trying to be cool is yeah. just... Like, as a teacher... 
That is the movie trope that I just... One thing I... Another thing I... Something I like about this movie mm-hmm. is... So, compare this to Edge of Seventeen, where it's 1983, um, the, and, you know, gay people are much less accepted by society, and mm-hmm. so there's, like, all this pressure to stay in the closet. This movie is more about somebody who has every reason on earth to come out but still can't like mm-hmm. his his mom is super progressive mm-hmm. his dad like his dad makes gay jokes but like you can tell if simon were out it would be like a bonding moment almost yeah <laughs> like they could like crack gay jokes together yeah like he he says he makes gay jokes but they're not like the most offensive things no it's he's like not he says he's one not of the using slurs yeah. he like says one of the bachelors is gay or something like that yeah which, like, it's like he's obviously gay yeah well yeah probably i'd probably say <laughs> that um and then like his friends are really like you know his friends would be fine with it yeah because they're just, so diverse the school's very yeah. diverse and it's just this like inchoate yeah. internalized homophobia that i think is like i th- actually think that's important to like see in a movie i because that's a thing agree that is a thing and agreed like this is not a story that is universal it is not he is not just like everyone but like i remember seeing this movie i watched it on a plane i watched it on a plane the first time because i was like i don't really want to watch this but i'm on a plane yeah (laughs) like we i watched it with my husband and actually my now mother-in-law and she loved it and thought it was like charming and cute and sweet and i was Mm -hmm. like oh well if uh, if this is like the thing that will get the Midwest like Bible Belt yeah middle aged people to like fall in love with a yeah. gay teen romance then like sure this is this is not doing anyone any harm and yeah. I think when, if you take it as like the gay story yeah. that we all have to relate to then it doesn't it doesn't work and it's also a, a movie that you can watch with your mother in law which is like. I would not watch Ezra 17 with my mother-in-law. No, no. There's so rimming in that one. It's nice to have, I guess, a movie you can watch with yeah, an older, fair. more conservative generation. That's fair. That's fair. Um, so to say what the movie is actually about, because it is a little bit different. It's not like a remake of Edge of 17. No. So Simon is in the closet. He knows that he is gay. Mm-hmm. He is narrating this film. So he tells us that he's gay. Um, and then he's hiding a secret. And then there's this, like, school gossip blog. Sort of like the Gossip Girl. I couldn't tell, like, what sort of yeah, thing it was. Know. But, like, peop- it's like post-secret, but for their school. It's like, Didn't EZA have something like that, too? Yeah. Yeah, it was like... It, I, was that a thing? I don't know. Not when I, I was in high school. school but, well, yeah. Well, yeah. we're old. Um, and so someone posts somehow that there is that he is gay and then simon messages the student back someone posts that they themselves that they themselves yeah yeah yeah. and simon messages them back and is in this like back and forth Mm -hmm. with an anonymous person Mm -hmm. who is gay at his school um and then spends the first half of the movie like wondering who it is picturing him with different boys like Mm -hmm. meeting and coming out and being happy Mm -hmm. and then there's a douchebag theater kid with like this is in the eek 
He's a he, he's a classic uh, fedora tipper. He's <laughs> yeah, he right? is. yeah, like that inter- <laughs> that internet trope. It's like he's a, he's a fedora tipper. Like he is. Uh, like hello, m'lady. Yeah, he's a gentleman. Let me open doors for you. Yeah. Ugh. Yeah. His name's Martin too. Um, who like finds Simon's secret, blackmails him. Mm-hmm. Then Simon is eventually like forced out, mm-hmm. and then has to reckon with the fallout. Yeah. I, I just the whole blackmail thing was really it cannibalizes a lot really of the movie stupid. especially when you compare it to edge of 17 which gives itself so much space to explore eric as a gay person yeah love simon has to deal a lot with just the fact that simon is being blackmailed and it doesn't really it doesn't really feed into any exploration mm-hmm. about his own sexuality it's just mm-hmm. him. it's it actually <laughs> he has to like force a relationship between two straight people is what the blackmail amounts to very strange um, but he does explore his sexuality remember he searches how to dress gay and then wears a tight t-shirt just a tight t-shirt yeah, <laughs> yeah. that's about the extent that was of it. it even the music so the, the music yeah it was curated by jack antonoff who's a straight person and the so uh so the music's not particularly gay the it's more just like cool teen music i guess I don't yeah know. but like edge of 17 was like bronxy bronxy b yeah. and debbie harry and it's like yeah and this is just see so like i don't even chain smokers what do kids listen to I don't know. in 2018 uh yeah th- this movie friends. was made by so so based on a book written by a straight woman uh, clearly yes and it is i don't i couldn't find if the, the it's written by a man and a woman i couldn't find if either of them were queer but they're the creators of or co-writers of this is us mm-hmm. and the creators of how i met your father so i feel like that itself kind of tells you what kind of movie this is it's, it's like very it's melodrama it's sh- kind of schmaltzy yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah um how did you feel about simon like as a central character yeah i just didn't find him like again i wouldn't find myself that compelling as a main character in a movie like this and you were more interesting than it was simon. no i was i was a very quiet teenager i just i did not talk that much i just kind of like sat in class and read under my desk and then mm-hmm. like went to the yearbook office at the end of the day and hung out with the yearbook people because i was a yearbook editor like i was not I was not like living it up, <laughs> right? He he did he did go to parties and have friends and went to the football games. Yeah, you which know. actually I'll say one thing in Martin's favor, uh-huh. that Freudian slip costume was actually kind of funny, and people were being haters. That was good. Yeah, everyone was like, "You, what are you?" And I'm like, "That's actually kind of clever." He is, he is funny. Yeah, I just hate him. Yeah, I just I yeah his function in the movie is such like a it's it's too much he 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 takes up too much of the movie um and yeah i don't, I don't he doesn't need to be there yeah and then the the counterpart so um catherine langford's character uh leah mm-hmm. is his friend who is turns out she is in love with him mm-hmm. but they're like best friends mm-hmm. so she's the maggie of the so movie. she's the maggie she really had no function to me she like, wasn't she in was movie that much she was in like just a non-scenes or something like that but then when he like quote betrays her and i mean he did lie and manipulate his friends but like lying to her it was supposed to be like that was the big emotional mm-hmm. like 
climax was like yeah like, well it's the same it's the same issue with from him it's the same issue with like martin distracts from whatever this movie's trying to say about yeah. being a gay teen yeah because like everything even when he comes out it's just informed by martin outing yes. him to everyone and everyone realizing that he was manipulating them not because he's gay but because of martin mm-hmm. and so they're mad at him for that reason yeah yeah, she she was just. I, I think it's hard to like. I watched Edge of Seventeen again first before I watched Love Simon again. It's like it's hard to have Maggie, who was like fully fleshed out and mm-hmm. interesting and had development, to like look at his friends who are just like, I don't even. I don't even know. They're just like non entities. Yeah, I did his one friend who is a transfer student. She actually had a. She had a, she had a bit like more, Annie, um, Abby, Abby. Yeah, Abby. like yeah. she she had a bit going on, and I I liked the whole mm-hmm. thing where he was like. He came out to her first because he had, had known her not as long as everyone else, so he felt more comfortable. And mm-hmm. I, that was a, that was a sweet scene. I, I feel like out of all his friends, Abby was the one who I found the most compelling. She like checks out boys with him. She's like, "What about this guy? Yeah. Like, what do you think about him?" She's like, "Oh, he's fine." Yeah. He's like, "Which? Yeah, he's cute." I I don't. That's... Yeah. Again, I don't have like it's cringy. It's I don't find it offensive. It's just like this movie is kind of it's like slightly aged up disney channel show Mm -hmm. especially his like his sister literally dresses like simon's sister literally dresses like the sister from phil of the future (laughs) that's true (laughs) that's true she looks like xenon yeah girl of the 21st century yeah yeah and if that doesn't tell you how old we are uh and he like i don't know like they're not offensive jokes i just didn't find them particularly funny they're just like Mm -mm. bad disney channel jokes with a couple swear words thrown in Mm -hmm. yeah they got their one fucking yeah and then at one point someone calls oh do you want to talk about ethan sure so i don't know again this movie it this movie is a nice gesture Mm -hmm. and there's there's this character ethan who he is a queer mm-hmm. femme person of color who's like the only out person at school uh-huh. and he has like three lines up until the end of the movie when he has like one scene that's actually kind of a nice scene mm-hmm. but it's hard not to be very aware that the movie is sidelining him the entire movie yeah. and just using him as a way to show that the people in the school are homophobic or mm-hmm. that some people are homophobic like he is just a he is a plot device for yeah. like the bullying that also happens yeah. and it's also like is their idea of queer representation is just the sassy like the sassy gay friend who's just tossing out yeah like snappy one-liners at people yeah like you said up until the end but again i'm glad i I hold this movie to a very low standard i guess that's why that's why (laughs) i don't that's why i don't hate it like it could there there are different options for this like the the correct option would have been probably to do something like edge of 17 did where he like simon is out to at least some people early in the movie right and he comes out to ethan and he and ethan kind of ethan helps him explore his sexuality and it's still kind of like a you know, a black person is helping a white person learn about their sexuality, but at least maybe Ethan could have been a more well-rounded character. I think it it hurts. The movie hurts from not having a Leah Delaria counterpoint. Yeah, because Simon, like a butch lesbian or something. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. 
Yeah, there weren't any butch lesbians, so the movie lost two stars for me. Yeah. Um, but then the other option is like just not have him in the movie, mm-hmm. and I'm like, again, I'm I'm thinking about your mother-in-law. Like at least mm-hmm. she, at least she saw Ethan, and Ethan got like a scene where he was revealed to be a real person with real feelings. It's true. I also, I I guess this, I was just too uncool in high school. But do all um, teens just like get drunk all the time and have mm-hmm. great parties? I mean, not great parties, but they get drunk all the time. Wow. Like, all of their sexual desires, like, yeah. manifest or bubble up to the surface because they're all getting drunk all the time. Yeah. Well, and also, I mean, if I went to a school that was entirely just models, <laughs> like, I would... That's fair. Yeah, like, I watched... So the order I watched these in back, back to back was Love, Simon, and then Edge of Seventeen because I mm-hmm. wanted to end on, like, a high note. <laughs> and uh, it was... It's, it's very interesting that... Like, Edge of Seventeen came on, and I was like, oh, normal-looking people. Like, yes. Edge of, Edge of Seventeen, the, the mom and dad just look like normal Midwestern Midwest, m- middle They're class. not Jennifer Garner and Josh Demel yeah, or whatever. Beautiful people. Maggie is a normal-looking girl. Even, like, Eric's a normal... I would say Eric's a normal-looking guy. Eric's pretty cute. He's cute, but he's, like, you can... Yeah, he's normal. He, and he starts the movie with, like, a very normal haircut. <laughs> True. Fair. Um, and it's just like yeah it, it I, I was watching love simon and i'm just thinking because there he sort of picks up on possible clues as to who the guy he's talking to mm-hmm. is he never has to worry that the guy he might be talking to might be ugly yeah it's either like keenan lonsdale uh, who's just beautiful yeah or like this cute little blonde twink miles heiser yeah he's so boring I, who is he? I've never seen him anything. He's else. also in Thirteen Reasons Why. Oh, okay. I've, I've never, I've never seen that. I think he, he guest judged on um, Drag Race. Oh, one time. Well, I forgot. But he was Maybe, boring on that yeah. too. Like, I think he's. But like, he's not. He's not unattractive, right? Yeah. Yeah. Like, he's conventionally attractive. The other guy, who's like the darker haired guy, he's the very like, cute. House guy. Yeah. Um. So like, Simon never has to worry that he's talking to someone who is. And the, who's ugly. And then it turns out that Keenan Lonsdale is yeah, the guy cool. who he's been talking to who's like... He, Jackpot. Be, he's beautiful. Yeah. And I, as soon as the the end of the movie, as soon as when they meet up, Keenan Lonsdale's like, you're not disappointed, aren't you? You're not disappointed that it's me. I'm so up. ugly. Shut up. Brent, but I... So that... Something that crossed my mind this time that didn't cross my mind the first time was... For a movie in 2018, it did not reckon with any, like, internet safety or, like, predatory issues that could have happened. It's like, nothing is stopping any random weirdo on the internet from posting on this high school's I mean, again, this, was, secret. this book was written by a straight woman. So, like, I'm, he, guess, I'm guessing she wasn't in the, like, gay so like, chat rooms. <laughs> the, Simon narrows it down to, well, she could have been. Oh, that's true. She might have. She might have been. That's actually... Still to my point. Yeah. <laughs> Like, he narrows it down to these three cute boys who it could have been, but, mm-hmm. like, also it never crossed his mind that it could have been, like, a 55-year-old woman. That's true, yeah. Just, like, getting her kicks. Yeah. Chatting with a high school boy. Yeah, he never considers that it's he's creepy. being catfished. Yeah. That's true. Any- anyway. Um, I have a I have a list of of things that um. Yeah, I want to I hear this list. That, that are eek and, and cute. Mm-hmm. So I was going through... And just like trying to decide if this is actually a cute movie, um, 
and some things some things are but some things definitely lost some stars um so most of the things that tony hale said Ooh, as the principal yeah. are eeks so starting with um at my old school oh no 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 starting with um look at those new kicks my brother which he says to a black kid mm. yeah it's painful that's painful um Abby, one of the first things she says was, at my old school, that would have been settled with a knife fight. Okay. Mm. I forgot about that line. Mm-hmm. Um, and Abby's a person of color. Abby's a person of color. When they sit down for a family movie night or family TV night, they want to watch The Affair, and Simon doesn't want to watch it. And then his mom says, well, God forbid we should watch people make love as a family. <laughs> no comment. <laughs> um, Wait, did you, did you get the Tony Hill one? Like, he should have been fired for that line where he says to I got a real hot date on Tinder tonight. No, that he, early in the movie, Tony Hill says, like, we have a lot in common. I think we're pretty much... I think oh, and then later. Like, and then he's like, not like that. No, not like that, right? And that's, like, that's down here. Yeah, yeah, fired. Fire him. Immediately. Also, him just saying, like, we're adults. We make love. No. No, stop. Leave. You're fired. Yeah. You are fired. Um, I just have all of Martin and all of the black male subplot. Which I wrote subplot, but then, like... That really like, is like no, it's not the core plot. plot. Um, oh, there's the dancing scene where um, Simon visions himself at college being out. I and okay. I said I, after the dancing, he goes, "Well, maybe I'm not that gay." I think oh I'm not even sure I can comment on that scene because I my hate of that scene felt irrational. Like I sort of blacked out with how like mad I was so, at that scene. So aggravating. And, and it was it was painful too because I don't know if like maybe they tried to get Nick Nick Robinson. Mm-hmm. That's a, I don't know if they tried to get him to learn the choreography that everyone was oh, doing in that he scene. He was, not and then they doing were like, mm, you know what? We're just gonna have you stay there. Yeah. Because <laughs> like even in his fantasy, he's not like dancing. It's like the Joseph Gordon-Levitt in Five Hundred Days of Summer. But that, but that's but if, better. <laughs> but if he committed Joseph to... Gordon-Levitt didn't know the choreo before he showed up on set, yeah, and just sort of like walked back and forth. I, hated I, I hate it. I hated that. I hated it. Okay, so that that was bad. Um, this is just general movie tropes, but public declarations of love that are unrequited make my palms sweat. Yeah. So Martin does that to Abby, Oof, in, yeah. in front of the entire crowd mm-hmm. at a football game hated that <laughs> he steals the mic from he a steals. girl speaking singing that the was funny. <laughs> and he stresses the mascot yeah yeah but then the whole that whole thing was awkward um oh and then in the end when leah's trying to like or they're reconciling the friendship leah and simon are mm-hmm. um leah is mad at him um and blames him for her loving him She's yeah. like, I'm not mad at you for that. I'm mad because I loved you or something like that. It's like, it's not real. It's not a real emotion. Yeah. Well, I, I actually could see that if this movie were like different, like if this were Edge of 17 and like Maggie said that, it, I would feel like it was coming from more of a place of like, this is a complicated character who's dealing with complicated feelings. Sure. But this movie is much more didactic. And I think you're supposed to take everything at face value pretty much what people Which say. Doesn't, it just doesn't fit. Yeah. So, like, the friends, like, reconciling at the end just felt very, yeah. like, no, you didn't really learn anything. You just blamed Simon yeah. for being gay Yeah, is what it felt I, like. Anyway, um, those were those were my eeks. Can, can I add something to the eek? Yeah. Maybe this is on your pro, but speaking of public declarations or whatever, yeah. the ending where Simon and Keenan Lonsdale kiss in front of the whole school. And everyone claps. And everyone claps. I was <laughs> like, maybe this is just not my fantasy, but, like... 
no <laughs> i i didn't put that under my cute list but i did write that like this became like a hallmark movie it's like a psa ending. or something it's not yeah. really, like I, I found that really painful and like, i didn't find it painful i thought it would have been like i mean if i had seen that when i was little and like that's what coming out in a first kiss could have been like because that's what like straight people and teen romances have at their endings it's like that's at least the gay couple the interracial gay couple get that yeah okay i don't think it's like that cute because i would hate that if it happened to me maybe it's just like not the fantasy for me no so we'll just say that's like a subjective thing plus it's like he's like trapped on the ferris wheel and everyone's just staring at him yeah it's claustrophobic to me okay so those those are my eeks um under my cutes uh i thought when simon uh initially was like rushing to check his email because he wanted to hear from uh blue and he didn't know who blue was i thought those moments were cute Mm -hmm. because he was like it was like excited about texting someone Mm -hmm. or like chatting with someone on an app for the first time i thought that was cute when he calls his mom and he says come pick me up kids are drinking alcohol i thought that was funny i think that might have gotten a laugh out of me yeah yeah uh, when he's picturing um, Keenan Bram, he's like picturing him as Blue, which mm-hmm. is actually who it was. And then Keenan looks into the camera and says, I can't stop thinking about kissing you. Mm-hmm. And is like staring into my eyes yeah. through the screen. I thought that was cute. Okay. Yeah. Um, their Halloween costumes were cute. That was good. Him and, um, him and Leah's. Yeah, they were John Lennon and Yoko Ono. Mm-hmm. thought that was funny. Um, and the, the um, Freudian slip. Yeah, that, that, was, that was, was a good costume. Good, good for Martin. Martin's best moment in the movie um when they then they're drunk at the halloween party and they're singing as long as you love me him and bram are singing it Mm -hmm. together drunkenly i thought that was cute Mm -hmm. um and then when he comes home uh his parents are sitting on the couch and he's drunk that's a nice moment and they're like he's he's or what is this it's like john lennon was wearing a woman's cardigan she's like yep and he was definitely drunk yeah you're like we're okay with that right yeah like he didn't drive drunk he He didn't drive on time it's like we're good parents right yeah yeah we're good parents yeah I thought that was nice. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought the him talking about like why do only gay people have to come out? What why don't straight people have to come out? And then they had the montage of his friends yeah. coming out to their parents. I thought that was kind of funny. I like men. You get that from your dad. Is that? I'm in love with Nick. Mm. I feel like I've been raising a stranger. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I think I laughed, but I've also seen that bit done before. That's fair. But I, I don't want to hate on it too much. <laughs> um, that the, the him coming out to Abby was actually really, I sweet. I, I did put that under cute. That was that. That's one of the best scenes in the movie. Yeah. You surprised? No. So you knew? No. But you're not surprised. Do you want me to be surprised? I don't know. Okay. Well, I love you. So. Um, and then when he's later, after he talks about, or after he's out to his parents, roll to everyone, um, and his he's talking to his dad about it, and his dad says, I thought we could sign up for Grindr together. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> he's like, Dad, you know what Grindr is? And he's like, yeah, it's like it's like Facebook for, yeah. for gays. <laughs> so that's kind of funny. Okay. Yeah. That was, that, that was a good, Thank you. that was very judicious. Thank I, you. I appreciate that. I had other moments. I was keeping track of like when the movie lost stars for me okay. on IMDb. Maybe we can um, get stars. Take a quick break and then talk about that. Oh no, no, no. there's nothing to say. Oh, like, okay. I have a couple. They things. were all on that list. So. Okay. 
I have a couple other. We can wrap it up a little bit. Sure. Yeah. Okay. So last thoughts on yeah. Let Simon. Too much else to say. Yeah. It's just it, again, it's very interesting that Edge of Seventeen came out in nineteen ninety eight, and it was this movie that was out there for. 20 years like 20 years exactly Mm -hmm. and then love simon comes along and it's just this narrative about it being groundbreaking and it's Mm -hmm. kind of only it's only really groundbreaking in like a marketing sense yeah (laughs) right in that like hulu had it and streamed it yeah like it's not it's not a bad movie no i don't think so it's not really a it's not a good movie i think it's good okay i think it's good yeah and especially i could see also like you know i saw this when i was what like in my late 20s maybe if i were 14 and this movie came out and i didn't have like access to like at my fingertips just every movie under the sun i would appreciate this a lot more yeah i just don't need it i don't need this in my life Mm -hmm. and i think what you were saying too about like this movie doesn't reckon with the privilege that any of its characters have like he yes. has no so like, this is not a reason. working class movie no like he and he has no reason like from his environment immediate environment to be afraid of coming out yeah but still is and like which i found is help. but he is still very like well off like, mm-hmm. he, he lives in a huge house goes to a really nice school has his own car mm-hmm. whereas um edge of 17 like is a working class family mm-hmm. like he wants to move to new york but doesn't think he'll be able to afford it his mom has to t- start working so extreme. they can pay to send him to school mm-hmm. and so it's like i yeah i won't begrudge people for really liking love simon because i think it is a movie for some people but yeah. and i don't think it's gonna you know i don't, it, it's, it, I don't think it'll it's, last. it's not a problem that it exists no and i i also i didn't bring up but i do think the portrayal of the parents yeah was was what made it really special i think because love simon or... love simon well both but i think edge of 17 those parents were like more i don't know what you would expect how parents might react to someone coming out at that yeah. time or like in that area whereas there's sort of this idealized perfect reception from your parents that love simon gave you yeah um Almost, that I thought was really. I thought, I thought it was nice. Like if I had had in my mind that coming out could be like that. Yeah. So there, there are. I've done it earlier. This movie, liter- Love Simon, has literally has, from a screenwriting standpoint, this might not be the best thing to do. It literally has three coming out scenes in a row. First, he comes out to, uh, well, he apologizes because he's been mm-hmm. outed by Martin at this point. Yeah. Um, and so he just has to like talk to people and acknowledge what has happened mm-hmm. he talks to leah which that is that's kind of a sweet scene um and they're just kind of like well you know this like is when he, on the sidewalk yeah on the, the sidewalk yeah. so that's kind of a sweet scene then he comes out to his mom which i would i would rank that like third in these scenes if only because i was so aware of how like overwritten the scene was like maybe she had this in her back she probably had this speech in her back pocket and it was a very good speech Mm -hmm. but i didn't like feel it viscerally oh i kind of did but then i actually teared up a little bit during the scene with his dad yeah i I felt like that one was more natural and 
sweet and like I, I i really do not have any problem with his both of his parents being super accepting like i think that's yeah. great that that's in the movie jennifer garner actually i look back at like other performances from that year she's probably on my short list for like best supporting actress her her speech to her son was, was really touching yeah it just it would have made more sense if she had like a piece of paper out and was like reading off of it <laughs> funny yeah i mean i don't really have that much else to say about the movie it is, I think, a good gay movie. Yeah. And I think Edge of Seventeen is actually pretty is great. Better. Which is too too bad that more people probably haven't heard of that one compared to Love Simon. So yeah, mm-hmm. it's on Netflix. Go watch it. Yeah. Right away. And it, it it is interesting to think about it as so like just a point of comparison to Love Simon. Mm-hmm. And it's not I don't think that it's necessarily makes Love Simon a lesser movie, the fact that these both exist. Mm-hmm. It's just probably a matter of preference. Mm-hmm. And if anything, I think that, like, I think there definitely will be a certain type of person who loves Simon will appeal to, mm-hmm. like, people who, I mean, it, in theory, it should appeal more to me, but it doesn't. <laughs> like, you, but again, if I were, like, 14, maybe it would appeal more to me. Right. And apparently, but, like, I think Edge of 17 is maybe a little more universal. Like I said, you can kind of, like, it, it has a much broader view of what the experience of being young and coming out is. Mm-hmm. And so I think you get different people can draw, pull different things from the movie. Mm-hmm. Um, and you shouldn't be putting the weight of having to be a perfect universal coming out gay story on any single movie. Anyway, yeah. like there are queer people in both of those places in the country and mm-hmm. like coming out and having to deal with their own surroundings so it's like that is those are probably realistic stories that people have gone through and so it's not like they need to be just like us and like yeah and apparently i did not know this but that love simon is a tv show now yeah love but victor you, i didn't know this until yesterday but you said you watched it yeah we watch it what can you talk about that a little bit was is it's, it is it similar to love simon yes so victor is the central character and it's like very it's very similar that there's still it's the same high school um but simon is now in new york <laughs> and <laughs> victor's like trying to deal with coming out oh yeah there's that whole thing where you would forget that simon is actually a theater kid in this movie yeah like he is in a production of cabaret but he seems like the most uninterested in theater theater he's kid. not good at it yeah he's not a, he doesn't have a theater kid like Except to the extent that this entire movie has, like, a theater kid energy. Mm-hmm. Simon does not have yeah. a theater kid energy. He's still very, like, reserved. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But he does make it to New York. So okay. he's in college. And then Victor is like, dealing with coming out. So they he strikes up, like, an email relationship with Simon. Mm-hmm. So Nick Robinson's... In it. In it. Yeah. So Nick Robinson's straight. <laughs> and you said the lead uh, actor. Yeah. Yeah. Probably, right? No, I think... Yeah, I think okay. he is. Okay. Yeah. And you said the... Yeah, yeah the actor plays victor is also straight yeah again Which it's like the, 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 seems like a weird move again this whole franchise could just be summarized in like it's a nice gesture yeah it's, <laughs> that's good love victor does try to deal with um the like other issues besides just victor being a gay kid in a well-off high school okay because his family doesn't have as much money so he's dealing with class a little bit and his best friend um, who lives in the apartment building with him doesn't have money and like, Ooh, an apartment building yeah they live in an apartment not a, not a mansion no not a mansion then like parents are going through a divorce and also they are 
Hispanic at a predominantly white school. Okay. It it's it's got some stuff to say, I, I saw, suppose. I saw that it got renewed for a third season, so apparently I'll watch it. Yeah. And this season two season two ended on a cliffhanger, so <gasps> we don't know who um Victor is gonna be with. Oh, that's the cliffhanger. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it ended with someone opening a door, we don't but we don't know who's whose house he went to. Interesting. It's a robust little franchise right now. Well, good good for them. Yeah. Good for Simon. Good for Simon. Um but Edge of Seventeen is better, so go watch Edge of Seventeen. Yeah, and I'm glad to hear. I didn't know Todd Stevens did Swan Song, which I still mm-hmm. don't watch, but I'm glad he's still like a good little movie doing stuff. Mm-hmm. So, and I'm sure we'll talk about the uh, series of schlocky, schlocky gay romps. I, I've definitely seen a trailer for not another gay movie, and it looks like it was made for a bud- on a budget of like two. <laughs> <laughs> Like yes. you get you get two uh-huh. and you have to make a movie. That's right. But so we'll, we'll of, circle back to Todd yeah, Stevens. We'll talk about Todd Stevens again. Um uh, but yeah, that's Love Simon and Edge of Seventeen. Um uh, now we'll uh, we'll go to our miniseries. Let's do it. Yeah. Ener- okay. Energy. Energy. <laughs> energy. We're back. And we're we're doing our miniseries. Um, on our favorite cinematic sissies mm-hmm. and this week we are going to talk about a famous one mm-hmm. really famous one really famous one and that is captain jack sparrow played by johnny depp johnny depp in the pirate series oscar nominated really yeah for best lead actor for I did, I did curse best. of the black pearl that's kind of cool i kind of like that it's kind of a good nomination yeah i i re-watched this movie for this, uh, probably for the first time since before I saw the third movie in theaters. Mm-hmm. And yeah, same. I, I think I'd forgotten how good it was. Like, this movie is actually really good. I think it, I think it's good. I think it's really good. I think uh, it's a really good... It They're fun. It, it's really well plotted, and it kind of has something for everyone. Like, I'd forgotten that... It's like an action movie, and it's funny, mm-hmm. and it's got like it's got a the romance. Of, got, the romance is such porn for women and yes. and like gay guys. Like <laughs> the, the way the way that whole thing ends, I with it's like Governor Nor- Norrington or whatever at the end mm-hmm. of the movie mm-hmm. is like, so this is what you've chosen. Mm-hmm. He's a blacksmith, and then <laughs> Elizabeth <laughs> is like, no, he's a pirate. And I'm like. <laughs> The, the line that spawned a million <laughs> fan fictions, like just every every young girl in, on the internet in 2003 was like typing away at their keyboard. Yeah. Well, plus it was Orlando Bloom, so everyone was, was already wet for him. Yeah. yeah. It also has, I think 2003, 2004 might have been the year of like the last great blockbuster scores. Like it was, it was like Harry Potter, mm-hmm. this movie, and Return of the King. And, like, has uh, there been a great blockbuster movie score since then? I wish you would have asked me this question before I recorded so okay. I could. But I'm, like, answer. thinking about, like, I, I, I've Interstellar watched... is a great score. Do you mean, like, franchise I mean, score? Like, yeah, like, like a big blockbuster franchise. Like, I mean, Black Panther's score got nominated for an Oscar. Okay, hum something. Hum one. something from that for me. It's got the little uh, drums. Okay. Black Panther, we can go with that. It, but that's not what we're talking about <laughs> no but i this this was a um 
Yeah, this was a big, big franchise. Last, it's still going. Is it still going on? I looked this up. In theory, there's going to be a sixth one, but uh, there, there have been five. There have been five. I've only no. seen the first three. Yeah, I haven't seen the fourth or fifth then. And I remember sort of liking the second one, and then the third one was pretty bad. I definitely saw them all in yeah. theaters multiple times. But this one's really good, and Jack, um, he was kind of a, a risk. <laughs> Yeah, and this was, so when you proposed this, I thought this was interesting because, like, initially seeing those movies, I was in high school when, I guess, when all three of those first ones came out, the first trilogy? Mm -hmm. Something like that. This one came out in 2003, the first one. Oh, so then it was... We're really only talking about... Really just Curse of the Black Pearl. Yeah, because I don't remember the other ones. (laughs) I, like, it, I did not clock Jack Sparrow as coded in any way mm-hmm. or like in any way as sissy i mm-hmm. think because he was playing something so over the top mm-hmm. like charismatic mm-hmm. that i just read it as i don't know like physical comedy mm-hmm. um but then in hindsight it's like oh yeah of course he like he walks around with hip with like he sashays wrists yeah. and he, he'll like hold one hand up and one on his hip and he wears makeup there's a lot of jewelry, lot of eyeliner, a lot of rings. Mm-hmm. Um, he's like canonically straight. Like he gets slapped by a bunch of courtesans in this movie. Yeah. I actually kind of like that bit. I think it's That's funny. Funny. Um, but he never really shows an interest in, like even Elizabeth. Like there, there, there's like a couple scenes where he like jokes about how like oh it'll never work out between us. But like mm-hmm. even that you can kind of read as just like a coded gay thing. True. Like, there was that weird thing in the second one. Um, was it the second one with the compass where it like points to your heart's desire oh I don't even and remember that. like Elizabeth is holding it and it points to Jack and wouldn't that mean that she likes Jack then? yeah okay. and then there's some so there's like hints that there could be romance between them yeah that didn't pan out but yeah I guess he is never romantically involved or interested in anyone but yeah he's not interested in men either he's just kind of like yeah off in his own world and um i think it's a really it's a really great performance yeah and he is definitely a sissy yes (laughs) yeah like he is cowardly um always runs away from a fight he always like runs away with his hands up kind of like mincing away from like he's like leaning back and doing like high need yeah, the Run. physical comedy of this movie, I think he, he's great. He's good. Yeah. yeah, great introduction too. Like the, I, I, the him coming, he's on that sinking boat and it's coming into port and he just like steps just off the up. mast and like onto the dock. I think it's, it's good. Yeah, smart. Yeah, it's really smart. good. Um, but you said it was a like risk to have Johnny Depp play him that way. Yeah, and when this movie first the came out. the studio was like I I think um, the director. Who directed Jerry Bruckheimer and Gore Verbinski made this movie? It was Jerry Bruckheimer directed, right? I think he was on board with what Johnny Depp was doing, but like Michael Eisner, the CEO of Disney, was apparently not happy about what was going on because mm. this was a different type of pirate character. I actually don't, I, I don't think I've seen that many pirate movies. Like I've seen Mute Me on the Bounty, um, but I've seen a, the pirate. What's the pirate? The Judy Garland. Maybe. yeah well that's pretty gay that's like, pretty gay we'll get to that um, one later. but it johnny depp was kind of like the it ended up being what kind of made the movie work as like a modern adaptation of a pirate movie because it had the traditional stuff with like 
the romance and Captain Barbosa is sort of your traditional pirate character. Mm-hmm. But, like, you needed something to, like, make audiences care about pirate movies again. Mm-hmm. And I think Johnny Depp was kind of what did that. Mm-hmm. But he did it by creating this really weird character that was sort of based on Keith Richards. Yeah, um, who then showed up in the third Oh, one. yeah, I yeah. forgot about that. <laughs> like, Michael Eisner, the CEO of Disney, apparently was, like, very confused about what he was doing and thought he was... This is according to Johnny Depp, but, like, I don't have a hard time believing this, that... Mm-hmm. And I think Jerry Bruckheimer said this too, that Michael Eisner thought that he was like ruining the movie and he like didn't understand if like he thought Johnny Depp was playing it gay, which Johnny Depp has interesting. come out and said that he was playing it gay since then. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if that's how he actually felt at the time. Thanks, Johnny. But it makes like it makes for a really good characterization. Yeah, he's fun. Yeah. He's a lot of fun. He is the comic relief or part of the comic relief yeah. of the movie. But then as a sissy, he reminds me a lot of um, how I felt about Ruby Rod when we were talking about Fifth mm-hmm. Element, that he's not technically the hero, but like what he does for the plot is sort of more interesting than what essentially yeah. the main character, Orlando Bloom, Orlando Bloom, yeah, Orlando Bloom, what's his name? Will. Yeah. Will, what Turner. Will Turner's, what Will Turner's doing. Yeah, he ends up, because he's such a wild card in the movie, because he's mm-hmm. only ever in it for himself, and so he basically, he, like, switches sides, like, ten times throughout the movie, and it's what actually keeps the plot, like, this movie's it's, like, two and a half hours, yeah, but it goes by really quickly, because it's constantly shifting and becoming, like, sides are shifting, alliances are shifting throughout the movie, yeah, um, and Johnny Depp, and Jack Sparrow's kind of at the center of the whole thing. Yeah, and everyone was quoting Jack Sparrow for yeah years it seemed like afterwards yeah i mean it's just a it's an it's an iconic performance and it's really it's really weird too like re-watching it it surprised some of the stuff he did in the movie like was in the movie mm-hmm. and it, it was like some of it's the some of it's the sort of coded gay stuff because it is kind of notable that like especially in retrospect it became such a big character like everyone loved that character mm-hmm. But he was up there just like mincing around yeah, and truly. like that and wearing makeup. And so from like a cultural standpoint, I think that it's really interesting and kind of cool that there's like this sissy action hero. Because mm-hmm. he's actually a good sword fighter too. Like that's Yeah, he does hold his own. But like, like even when he's always drunk. Yeah. But even like <laughs> there's that one line about how he got off the island and Will and the first mate are talking about how like how did he tie a bunch of turtles together and Johnny Depp Jack just comes up and he's like I used hair from my back (laughs) (laughs) that's such a weird image and like it's so it's such a it must have been ad-libbed right probably (laughs) like when he has like a full head of long hair yeah (laughs) like he he roped together a bunch of turtles using his back hair like Uh that's such a weird line it, it sort of made me think of like a performance in the 90s by Jim Carrey where it's like mm-hmm. over the top. They probably just let him mm-hmm. sort of take the script and do what he wanted with it. Yeah. And then let everyone else play off of him. Mm-hmm. It was sort of the, the lifeblood of those movies. He's yeah. also the only character that's been in all of them. Like he's still in them, right? I feel like Jeffrey Rush might still be in them too. I'm not sure though. Oh. I'm, re- I'm really not sure. Yeah. I haven't seen them all. Yeah. Uh, that's okay. I do, I do love Jeffrey Rush in these movies too, though. Yeah, he's good, Captain Barbosa. Him and him and him and Jack Sparrow, they're just like bitter ex-boyfriends who are <laughs> fighting one another. <laughs> it's good. So yeah, great, great sissy character. Yeah, I bet it's, if 
I, I'd be curious if just kind of gaming this out. I, w- I wonder if this movie came out today, if Jack would be like bisexual or something. Like canonically yeah. in the movie. Mm-hmm. I could see that. Yeah. Yeah, maybe not though. But like it would be, it, it's Disney. So it'd be something like he's getting slapped by a courtesan, but then he gets slapped by a man too. Yeah, but right like that. I also, that, I, I still think that would be funny. And it would be I, funny. I don't need like an entire subplot about Jack Sparrow having like a boyfriend like nobody wants that right i'm I'm guessing if i had to guess i would like you said like with the the elizabeth thing like they imply that they might become a thing i bet Mm -hmm. people were just like no no no, that's that like jack sparrow's not like that's his whole his literal thing is he is only in it for himself and by having like a romantic partner you kind of strip him of what makes him compelling by Mm -hmm kind of stripping him of his wild card status in the movies yeah, yeah. i don't really have that much more, more to say about it i just think no. he's a cool addition to this canon i think he's a good he's a good sissy on this list i think mm-hmm. he like the wild card mm-hmm. he had some spice to our, our sissy's list yeah um so <laughs> we take a quick break yes and then we'll close out yes that is the correct answer that's all we're back (laughs) here we are still humming along yeah that it he's been doing that for five minutes Mm -hmm. straight yeah i just know the whole the whole score by uh every who who, who, who did the score uh it was composed by klaus bedel oh yeah right 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 Okay. Anyway, yeah, every middle school, high school band was playing that theme song. Mm-hmm. I remember that, year, yeah. Within a year. And anyway, um, that was love of science. Love of. <laughs> that we're was having a hard time of, with our words today. That was love of Simon and Edge, comma seventeen. Edge, comma seventeen. Mm-hmm. Both, I would say, Edge of Seventeen, great game movie. Yeah. Go watch Love, love Simon. Simon. Good. Do whatever. Cute. Yeah. Take it or leave it. It's it's streaming. Yeah. So you might as well. They have, I mean, Love, Simon doesn't have a lot. It's got, <laughs> it's got Jennifer Garner. Yep. It's got, um, it's got nondescript music. It's got, he wants to move to the city and now he's gay yeah. vibes again. Mm-hmm. And Edge of 17, it's got, it's got Eurythmics. It's got Leah Delaria. Mm-hmm. It's got found family. It's got, um, sexual encounters in a freezer. Mm-hmm. Um, food play with the whipped cream oh yeah we love that um it's got drag queens and gay bars it's got rimming yeah in a car not really that sexy but it's there yeah well it's got you know that's part of sex too though sometimes it's not sexy it's true yeah this is a lesson yeah it's and deep. love simon's got uh ferris wheel kisses yeah not, like, not black, blackmail i think that's it blackmail I think that's what it's got yeah mm-hmm. it's got martin it's got martin and and that's it it's got tony hale oh god he should uh, be fired uh, is there in in love victor is there do they mention that tony hale got fired for being inappropriate with students no it's not canon but i <laughs> it's head canon it's head canon okay yeah 
Um, so yeah, that's it for this week. We will be back in two weeks with our next episode. Check us out on Twitter at CinemaVeryGay and Instagram at the same. That's right. And uh, yeah, check out our letterbox too. Please. Yeah. Uh, bye. Bye. See you soon.